And welcome into the Paul Farrington Show, a Tuesday edition. Wherever you're listening, however long you listen for, again, thank you for joining us. We'll be with you every Tuesday and Thursday leading up to the NFL season. Paul joined alongside Jack Weinberger, who's back after a sabbatical last week. It was a bender, really. Actually, it's crazy that he's here. It's crazy that he's alive. It was a bender. So we have Jack back, Robert Ziggy Ziegler at the University of Virginia, and Zach Bloomquist, the best you, executive D. producer in the game. I believe we're up to... 859, 860 almost in our subscriber count. Again, we're, we're trying to get to 1,000 by the start of the regular season. Could be a tight race. We'll see. But uh, the best thing you could do, share with a friend, like, comment, subscribe, all that engagement stuff to uh, boost us up in that YouTube algorithm if you're listening on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you, you get your podcasts. Um, so today we're going to go through some of the preseason week one quarterback play. Of course, we'll talk about the rookies, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and then we'll each pick one quarterback. Of course, I had my eye on a division rival quarterback who played, and um, I wasn't exactly thrilled. I, yeah, there's some promise with someone over in Green Bay that I might be starting to recognize. Uh, so we'll be going through the rookie quarterbacks today um, to begin the show, and I guess we can start off with none other than Anthony Richardson, because despite being the fourth overall pick in the draft, probably the most hype of all the rookies heading into the preseason and the regular season this year. He was 7 for 12, 67 yards, and an interception against the Bills. We, uh, we go, we, Zach, you want to go through? We have some highlights here for you. Which, which one are we going to start with? We got the bad? We got the bad first. And th- th- these bad aren't really that bad. But um, No, no, no. V- viewer discretion advised. Viewer discretion advised. They're that bad. <laughs> okay. So uh, we got him up going, Zach? Boom. All right. So uh, in the Richardson highlights, you can see he, he threw a bad pick on his first drive. Mm-hmm. And it was one where you saw him. Off his back foot, a, a mistake you just can't really make. Sailed right level. over Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, that, it wasn't very good. That'll happen with the with the, the first year quarterback. Yeah, and then there's a couple plays that, as you'll see, he had a completion of Michael Pittman. We're going to show, but it was just high, and a few of the passes I was watching with him, still seeing some of those accuracy issues that we talked about. Uh, what I really think it'll come down to with Richardson, because again, we're we're nitpicking little plays here and there. At the end of the day, this is just one game, one preseason game. Um, but I think it'll come down to Richardson for can he make those short intermediate throws consistently, the ones that you need to be able to make as a starter in the NFL. And uh, that that's something that if he can do that, we know he can throw the ball deep. We know he can run. Now you're talking about serious threat from the quarterback position. Yeah, he's he's a guy, I look at him, and I, he's he's very, very raw. He's a guy who can flick the, flick the ball with his wrist 45 yards oh, on the yeah. field, or he can run over you. He's very dangerous in that sense. And some of the bad that we saw, like that interception, is nothing to panic about, in my opinion, about a, a kid playing his first ever snaps in the NFL. Look at the other side of the ball. Anthony Richardson, he's seven completions. He also looked on a few plays like his decision-making was actually okay. He, met, he, made, he made the right reads. I think the Colts made it easy for him in that sense. But he yeah. made the right reads. He completed some short balls, but again, right decisions, pretty accurate. So I, I saw some good, or I saw some bad, but I think I saw more good for okay. a debut. Okay. How about you, Ziggy? We'll, we'll throw on the good in a second, I'm sure. I made sure to cut up plenty of good for Richardson because as you all know, he's my guy. I mean, in this game, you got to see both sides of him. But for yeah. all the bad short passes, there were also quite a few good ones. And again, the most exciting thing, Jack, you said this. Richardson's going to be in an offense that works. There were a lot of running plays, a lot of option plays, a lot of short passes 
a few shots deep, but like the offense was designed around Richardson, right? You don't have to worry about the things a lot of other rookie quarterbacks go to where you're just thrown in a scheme and told to figure it out. Like this is being tailored for Anthony Richardson and his progressions. Mm -hmm. It does stink to see your first play in the NFL be an interception though. I mean, you compare that to the Chargers, CJ Okoye (laughs) in his first ever football game in preseason, uh, just a couple days ago, he got a sack. So if Richardson is in his first NFL game, surely the guy in his first football game, it, if he it, can do that in his first football game, Richardson can do a little better. It's very promising, though. Obviously, the first that first play, he looked he looked very panicky. This is new. But he showed improvement throughout the game. Like, I'd rather him start off sluggish like he did and then get a little bit better as his snaps go on as opposed to get worse as a snap. Yeah, for certain. So I saw the steady yeah. improvement. You saw, you saw some of the wow factor. That's what it was. It was You can see on a couple throws, you just darted it in there. And, and yeah. the, an explosive it, arm, again, we were, we say there's the accuracy concerns, but you can see the, the power that he has behind a lot of his throws. It looked throws. like to me he made some accurate throws, though. No, like, can we see the good? Can throws. we see the good? Even some of the incomplete passes. Are, are you playing them right now, Zach? Mm-hmm. So, so he, I, the first highlight we have, he just darts a throw right across the middle of the field. But you'll see a couple incomplete passes to Alec Pierce. You know, balls on the money on the back shoulder and then on the deep ball, which Pierce really should have caught. There's a few yeah. angles of that. Well, that was a DPI too. So. Yeah, you know, and he got he got he got some calls as well. This is the throw. <laughs> he's no, like, look at this. He's you, very wrong. He, you talk about accuracy. That you could not throw that more accurate. Well, That's like an incredible. Angle. I like the throw. third angle that we see on this one, where you can really <laughs> right in the bread basket. And you mentioned the running, Jack. Uh, I think that the running game. For the Colts, we didn't really get to see. We Obviously, it's preseason. We didn't see everything they have. They only ran them once or twice. So you don't want to get this guy hurt, especially week one, week two of the preseason. So, uh, yeah, overall, for, for Richardson, a reason to be excited if you're Colts fans. You didn't see all that you could throw, you could throw out there for Shane Steichen. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it was a pretty, a pretty solid showing. But still, you know... I wasn't thrilled with some of the misses. And I know a lot of people are hyping him up saying, like, oh, look look at how fast he throws the ball. Look at the accuracy and the deep pass. You got to make those shorter throws, though. Right now, very raw, long way to go, but a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All and right. Just, just to preempt a little bit of criticism, we're probably going to get about this. Preseason does actually matter. It is predictive in how rookie quarterbacks do in their first season in the NFL. Some of the older guys, preseason doesn't matter a whole lot. But if you go back and look at the trends, first-year quarterbacks that do well in the preseason do significantly better in the NFL season. So don't think that all of this is totally irrelevant. It does actually matter. Yeah, no, you want to see what guys look like. To you know, this isn't exactly full speed. Like it's full speed play, but it's not with the starters all the time. So not not terrible from Richardson, but yeah, still some room, of course, for improvement. Let's go over to Bryce Young. The Panthers got murdered by the Jets. It's you know who cares about the score really, but twenty-seven nothing kind of kind of caught me by surprise. Young was four for six for twenty-one yards. Um, and before we get into some of his, some of his play, I do want to talk about. I'm seeing so many different analysts right now who are talking about the hits he's taken on his first drive. He took two big hits on only three dropbacks, and you know, look like Bryce Young. He's played football. He's played football. He's been a quarterback his whole life. He was at, at Alabama. He took shots. In the preseason game, he bounced right up. I'm tired of talking about his height being a huge concern. Like this guy, of course, if he takes some hits, yeah, he's, he is a little shorter. But look, he's a football player. He pops right up. Like I'm, I'm done talking about Bryce Young uh, and his stature. Let's let's just let's just talk about the, the player. Took some big hits though. Yeah, <laughs> took some big I hits. Just, I was just like I was like I don't care. Like enough enough about his size. All right, he was the number he's, one pick in the draft. Yeah. 
the Jets have a great defensive line. He's going to play against good defensive lines. That's a thing you think about in the pre-draft, but now that he's here, like you say, Paul, the Panthers just have to do their job as yeah, best they now can. Now you roll with it. They, they picked him. Um, and he wasn't rattled, right? Like He took no. some of those big hits, but he stayed poised. He stayed accurate. He read the yeah. field well. Like you didn't get to see a whole lot, but he's not going to be scared of taking hits. No, that's what I was going to say, which did impress me as a as a Bryce Young uh, hater, you know, hater myself, <laughs> is the fact he was able to stand in there and like keep that composure. Of course he did. He's a he good was, quarterback. He was accurate. He took a shot. He was still very accurate, which mm-hmm. impressed me. But that was that was my big takeaway on him. Not not much of a sample size. He, yeah, he, he no, uh, it, attempted six, seven, six yeah, balls. He completed four of them for what twenty one yards. So it's nothing crazy. I, I even noted down he didn't throw any ball past uh, over ten yards past the line of scrimmage. But it's so. one thing though. Like if, if he's out there getting murked and his balls oh, are yeah, flying yeah. All, over, all over the place and and completing nothing. But for the shots he took, he looked very solid. Well, and that's what you get with Bryce Young, too. Comparing him to Anthony Richardson, those shorter throws, a lot of the ones that are you know, 8 to 10 yards, whatever it is, he's making those pretty consistently. Like You don't have to worry about accuracy with Bryce. Um, one thing that I am a little concerned about for the Panthers as a whole is the playmakers that they have. I, I look at Thielen, and I look at DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst, these guys. There's not many guys that you can give the ball to and they can make a play out of nothing or they could take it to the house. So what we saw in the preseason week one, I wouldn't be surprised if that winds up being a lot of the Panthers offense. It's just short passes, little check downs and things like that. There's not a lot of explosion to me. Well, I think that's what I think that's where Bryce Young will shine the most. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, yeah. very similar to to how Tua plays, in my opinion. Those well, quick but nine. Tua, ten- but, no, but Tua, though can launch it to Tyreek Hill. I don't think the Panthers have anything close right, yeah. to Waddle or Hill. You're right. But I think I think like I think the the Vero track up there, I think the Dolphins offense at its best when it's quick strike over the middle of one of those guys getting space. Yeah, yeah. Bryce like, Bryce can like, play. Like, I, yeah, I think Bryce is very, very similar to that. And that's how the Panthers offense should probably be to be most successful. Okay. Ziggy, uh what about what do you think of that? With, with the Panthers offense, I think that Bryce will be a very good quarterback, but it seems like there's a ceiling on it. Absolutely. I mean Frank Reich will be there. That'll certainly help out. But as you say, I mean, the weapons are almost non-existent. It's highly likely that one or maybe even two of their receivers are going to get hurt. You know, Christian McCaffrey's not there anymore. The offensive line, admittedly, the like Jets defensive line is very good, but the offensive line is not perfect. It's going to be, a mu- I think, a much more typical rookie quarterback season where there's some ups, some downs, and very little team success. You know, it's too, bad, just how they it goes. Uh, it's too bad they don't have a guy like DJ Moore there. I felt like in that trade, for all that they gave up to Chicago, DJ Moore felt like a very nice bonus to that for the Bears. If you give Bryce Young DJ Moore right now, for as much as we joke about him on this show, I mean, he's a legit number one receiver. He would help that team a lot. That's also a guy, too, who you'd be able to take some shots down the field. Oh, DJ Moore, when you look at his numbers, he's like one of five or six guys, I think, ever to have 5,000 yards and his first uh, before age 25 or 26, something with like that. no quarterbacks thrown. With no quarterback. Basically. Yeah, just And you have to keep yeah. in mind, like we talk about DJ Moore of the Bears. He caught a pass, what, two yards behind the line of scrimmage and took it 65 yards for a yeah. touchdown. Like it's in, it will be interesting how it goes because the Panthers, the Bears wanted Brian Burns, not DJ Moore. The Panthers said, no, we're not giving you Burns. You're going to have to take DJ Moore. The Rams also offered two first round picks last year for Brian Burns and the Panthers said no. Those picks uh, I mean, might have been Burns pretty is, nice. Burns is great. No, he's but... good, but there's a contract dispute. And even if he's great, I, it'll be interesting to see how he plays out versus DJ Moore and but how that feel looks for like the Panthers long term. When you saw that deal completed and you saw DJ Moore at the end of that, 
didn't that kind of raise your eyebrows a little bit? You're like, wow. Like, all right. In addition to all the picks, we're also throwing in probably a yeah, first our, our round caliber number, player. A number one receiver. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's surprising. I mean, Zach, he's your guy. He's your guy. He's my fantasy guy. That uh, that touchdown must must have got you psyched. There he is, round four I on mean, the board. I mean, you, know, yeah. you, know, you know, Zach was watching the Bears game. And it was the moment he took that to the yeah. house, was like, all right, second round. Here's DJ Moore <laughs> sitting there in the fourth round. I need a receiver one. Look, we'll talk about more of this on Thursday for a little little sneak peek. Yeah, Thursday, Thursday we'll have a fantasy. Oh, fantasy more show. of this. More yeah, of this. Yes, more of this. yes. yes. So so Zach does there. That's, that's what, what producers you. do. That's why they pay. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go on to the last rookie here, C.J. Stroud. Versus the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> Ugly. Not every offensive line starter played for the Texans. Maybe they should have. That, that could have helped out yeah. for, for C.J. Stroud's debut. Took a sack, a bad interception. Although, when you go back and look at the interception, we talked about this during the game. Not a bad read, just way too late from Stroud. We, we don't have a replay of it. Um, but it was just, it was a tough time for, for C.J. He's running all over the place. He had pressure on almost every, every drop back. Yeah, as you said, I was going to bring it up too. The offensive line doesn't help him, especially when he's making his first snaps in the league as a young kid. He's got very good arm strength. I think he's got a decent, decently high ceiling. He's an athletic guy. I think he's going to be okay. But first glance, he, he made a lot, of, a lot of late reads. Like He didn't really see where he should be throwing the ball until late, hence the pick. Uh, a lot of bad decisions. He kind of seemed like he couldn't really see the field well. It's looked, tough, too, when you're going against it, Belichick in your, yeah, your first exa- game. Right. Looked a little bit lost. To me, he was probably the worst out of the three rookies from, you know, early after the first week. Isn't it crazy just how quick people are to, to be like, oh, this guy, this guy's in trouble, bust? Because the moment, oh, that inter- oh, no, no, but but the I, moment he threw that interception on uh, the app formerly known as Twitter, you just saw people going crazy being like, oh, no, bad signs to come for year one in Houston. And maybe they're right. Oh, no. I mean, it's it's exactly the same. It's Jamar Chase for preseason drops. Five <laughs> targets, four drops. Jamar Chase is going to suck in the NFL. The difference, Jack, don't, is... don't say it, Jack. I know what you're <laughs> yeah, thinking. Yeah. Oh, Jamar Chase sucks. Jamar Chase, 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 <laughs> Chase bust season three. The, the difference is, though, the Texans, there's, like, there's no Joe Burrow for, there's no Joe Burrow-esque player for C.J. Stroud. It's, no, it's I get it. The, I just mean, yeah. yeah, it was a tough start, but... Again, I mean, C.J. Stroud probably got more pressures in the preseason snaps he's gotten plus the training <laughs> camp snaps than his entire career at yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. Like, that's just, it's like, it takes some getting used to. And it's easy when you're an armchair analyst to sit back here and say, like, oh, he made some bad reads. But he's got 300-pound monsters oh, yeah. trying yeah, to right. break his ribs we every understand. single well, here's play. The thing, like, what do we really expect? I mean, he's, yeah. it is, it's the hardest thing probably to do is go in there play your first ever NFL snaps and really impress a lot of people with a back with a, some backup like, players on the O line. Yeah. Especially in a terrible in New England situation. Yeah. I mean, look a lot of, a lot of reads that he didn't make correctly. A lot of reads that he saw late, but again, that's normal stuff to me. Like it's nothing to hit the, the panic button on. It's his first time playing in the NFL. We, we mentioned this a week ago, but it still is crazy to me to think that Stroud you're so used to at Ohio State throwing to these guys who are wide open. We talked about this with Alabama too. Bryce Young throwing to people 40 yards who down are the field. wide open. Look at Mac Jones. And the receivers at Ohio State that he had 
are, you know, if you if you take those guys, it's one of the best receivers. That's become wide receiver. That, that will yeah. probably be the best receiving that, room he ever has at any level. That's become wide yeah. receiver. It's, it's absolutely it's amazing. What do you, what do you have? He had Smith and Jigba. He had Marvin Harris, Olave. Olave, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I mean, realistically, four guys who could end up being wide receiver ones in the NFL. Yeah. So so there and will be an tough. adjustment period. Just going to the Texans, where a you're going to have honestly less talented receivers than you had in college, and b uh, tighter windows to throw into because the kids are not playing against college defensive backs. So definitely an adjustment period. Um, no one in their right mind would hit the panic button at all on anything. Shouldn't. Um, no, of course you can. <laughs> yeah. But we know it's going to be a long rebuild in Houston. But I mean, there's there are still some promising things from Stroud. I, I like him a lot. Wait until forward. Bobby Trees comes in. Then oh, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. The Woods uh, experience. OK, so now we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit. Actually, Maybe we real quick discuss Dalvin Cook before we talk about these four other quarterbacks. We'll each pick one and talk about their preseason performance. But uh, Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets yesterday. One year, up to $8.6 million. I love this signing. You know, since 2019, Dalvin Cook is number two in the NFL in scrimmage yards behind only Derrick Henry. He produces very high levels. Sometimes can be a little quieter compared to other stars like McCaffrey or Henry. Um but just listen to these numbers. Over the past four years, he stayed relatively healthy. 1,135 yards, 1,557, 1,159, 1,173. Really consistent production. He's been one of the better backs in the league. And now, Brees Hall, you don't have to rush him back because you have a very, very good running back. Yeah, Dalvin Cook for, I mean, the he's longest. Only 28. Yeah, the longest time now. I mean, he's been one of the better backs in the league. So he, was, the same he was going top five in fantasy every year. I mean, he was awesome. And now to to add that to Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson and another it looks like a thunder and lightning with Cook and Brees Hall if Hall can stay healthy. I think it's a great deal. You like it, Ziggy? He, oh yeah. You ask yourself, like, what does I what does Dalvin Cook thrive at? Like what kind of plays he the best at? Answer wide zone runs to the left. And the Jets consistently have been using that kind of scheme. I have to imagine that Hackett knows what he's doing, right? He ran his own scheme in uh, Green Bay. He's going to bring it with him, bring the Aaron Rodgers offense, build it around his players. But, you know, for one year, it's very low risk for the Jets, right? They don't have to worry about getting caught up into a long contract dispute like the Vikings did. I think it's I think it's a great signing. I mean, you're getting a yeah. player who's a leader, who wants to win, who can, especially as Brees Hall is coming off his unpleasant injuries, he can take some of that early load so Hall doesn't need to go into it right away. I think it just makes a lot of sense. Like, what, are you going to roll out Zonovan Knight again? No. <laughs> Look, even when Hall gets back, that's a great one-two punch. That's one of the better one-two punches you'll have in the NFL. And think about this. What were the two best Viking games last year? Bills and Colts, right? The, the game oh, in yeah. Buffalo and the yeah, huge yeah, comeback. The two, yeah, yeah, the comebacks. In both of those games, Dalvin Cook made enormous plays. Against Buffalo, the Vikings were down. I can't remember the score exactly. It was like 30-14 to 14 or something like that. And he breaks off a 70-yard touchdown run to spark the comeback late in the third quarter against the Colts. Remember they got the ball back with two twenty left and Cook he has that long screen, run. Yeah, 70 yeah, yeah. Yards. yeah. So the guy still has explosive playability in him. It's not the same. I was watching God. I got in a great, but also tragic loophole of the 2009 Vikings over the weekend. And it's not the same as a guy like Adrian Peterson who could literally any touch, take it to the house. I mean, but Adrian th- Peterson is one of the best oh, no, running no, backs I, in I, history. I, I, was yeah. I was spoiled, and that's why I value running backs like yeah, but Cook more can, than most. Cook can take the ball and take it to the house. But Cook, but Cook, yeah, he, he can do it once in a while, and yeah, it's still a top 10 running back in the league to me. You will never, ever, ever see Najee Harris take the ball from the own 20-yard <laughs> line and go score a touchdown. Guys, a, a, a real quick tangent. 
I watched the 2010 NFC Championship game for the first time in years, years watching this game. It's my least favorite game in the history of sports. So I go through it, and I'm like, oh, no, I, I mean, great game, unbelievable game, but very sad as a Vikings fan. I'm watching Favre dice up the Saints and all the turnovers. I think we out-doubled their yardage, but at five turnovers. And at the end of the game, right before the Favre interception to Tracy Porter to end, to send it to overtime, Chester Taylor had a run to the Saints' 30-yard line with a minute left in the game. He was 29, right? He was, oh, 29. I remember he, Chester, he, Chester Taylor. Chester Taylor yeah. was a great player. He had a run because then we had the 12 men in the huddle penalty. And that led to the interception. But when he took the ball to the 30-yard line with a minute left, I looked at the tel- I, I looked up at the TV and went, how the fuck did we lose this game? Turned it off and walked into my room. I was by myself. No one was home. It was just me. And I just yelled that, turned it off, and went in my room for like 15 minutes. I'm going to try calling if you didn't answer. Oh, no. no. I, you know what? I realized right after that, like, it's been 14 years. You got to get over this game, this game. But it, oh, tragic, tragic game. Okay. With that said... Why don't we each pick one quarterback? And Zach, you could you could pick a quarterback as well here. From the preseason week one that we watched, that we had our eyes on. I'll start first. And I was, I was of course, paying attention to Jordan Love. In, in, uh, I believe in Cincinnati, but with the Packers. And uh, here's one thing that I'm not particularly thrilled about is when I watch Jordan Love play right now, of course I... Of course I hope he's bad, and I don't think he's going to become a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. But I start watching him play. I'm like, dude, 6'4", 220 pounds. Every now and then makes a throw that you're like, wow, he put some zip on that. And I'm starting to see routes to where he could be a good quarterback. Not average, a good quarterback. And that's kind of scaring me. On that opening drive, he had a yeah, look, throughout the game, of course, he had a couple of misreads. But he threw a deep ball to Christian Watson that the Bengals safety made a great play on. If he puts it a little bit further, a little bit closer to the sidelines, I think it's a touchdown. If he had completed that pass and started the preseason with a 60-yard bomb to Watson, I, I would have just punched the wall. But he, I, I, I would have quit watching football. No, I saw enough. I saw enough to say, okay, like it, it could work out here. I'm not. I'm not gonna buy buy into anything, but I'm seeing routes to Jordan Love being a good player. And I, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I've I've been saying he will come in to this season with the biggest chip on his shoulder in the entire world. I mean, he knows that he is filling, he has probably the biggest shoes to fill the entire planet because you have Brett Favre, then you have Aaron Rodgers, and I have him. He doesn't only, like, Rodgers had Favre to fill. He yes. has Rodgers and And now he and has Rodgers yep. and Favre. And he knows that, his teammates know that, the organization knows that, and the fans know that. So yes, he comes in with pressure, but that could either be a bad thing or it can be a good thing. Depends on your character. Yeah, yeah and and... I think in his case, it can end up being a good thing because he knows that he has to succeed now. Ziggy, did Jordan Love put the fear of God in your heart? You know another quarterback who sat behind someone for a number of years, stepped in after some injuries and some things went wrong and then lit the league on fire and was an all-time great quarterback? (laughs) Shut up, Ziggy. (laughs) Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Kirk will be watching a little bit closely because the Jordan Love story and the Kirk Cousins story, yeah. Right. No, like people forget Cousins sat for years. That's right. I, I just felt the need to bring Kirk Cousins into this. I'm a Vikings fan. I don't know why. Top 10 quarterback of the league. Absolutely. Ever. Maybe. Ever. Maybe oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's if you look at the numbers, he's like a top 30 quarterback of all time. But set that aside because we're going to get angry comments about that. <laughs> Sorry, the thing about Jordan Love, the, the thing about Jordan Love is you just don't know what you're getting. 
But yeah, I mean, he looked solid in many ways. He's a first year quarterback, right? I've talked about like first year quarterback performance in preseason is predictive. Mm -hmm. Seeing him come out and play well in preseason, build a little bit momentum. Clearly he feels comfortable in the offense. Guys are ready to play around him. Like that's what's concerning. I'm not expecting him to immediately play like an elite quarterback, but if he functions well in the offense, guys are ready to play and he delivers the ball. I mean, that's that's just scary. You forget it. He's in his fourth year too. When when you think of Jordan Love, I associate him closer to Kenny Pickett and to Justin Fields, the second third year players, than I do someone who's been in the league going into his fourth year now. One question, and then we can move on to Jack's quarterback. When I look at Aaron Rodgers going over to the Jets, I just start started thinking about this the other day for the first time. The weapons in Green Bay really weren't that much worse, if if even worse at all, compared to what Rodgers has in New York. Like Aaron Jones and A.J. Whoa. Dillon. No, no, no. I mean, obviously, Garrett Wilson is the best receiver by far of the group. But Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon versus uh, now Dalvin Cook. This was before the Cook signing. But Cook and Brees Hall... It's not like the Jets run that out of the building, no pun intended. And then receiving-wise, it's Garrett Wilson and then um, trying to think who, who are the other big Randall Jets. Cobb. Yeah, you got a little Lizards there. No more Elijah Moore. No no Elijah Moore, but you have Lizard, you have, um, and you have Garrett Wilson as the two main guys. Uh, who am I forgetting? Why am I forgetting one of the Jets receivers? Is, uh, Cor- yeah. is Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Yeah. Corey yeah. Davis. Yeah. But in Green Bay, I think Christian Watson's actually pretty good. So Christian Watson, too. Romeo Dobbs, some younger guys for sure. And Garrett Wilson's by far the best of them. But is it really that much better in New York? The Packers offensive line's a little bit better. Like, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the New York weapons are, are substantially better than Green Bay. Well, I think the biggest difference there is I think I think Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and similar to what it will be in New York, has a good enough offense. Whereas the Jets' defense is the top oh, yeah, of the league. No, 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 no. Like, I, I think the Jets are much better because of the yeah. defense is arguably the best in football. You have Rodgers now with the best defense in football. But I'm saying quarterback aside, do you, the Jets and Packers' offenses aren't that much different, right? In ter- skill, skill-wise. I, I think Garrett Wilson being probably a pretty decent cut above yeah, everybody else makes that what do you a think lot better than the Packers like, does, that, does that sound crazy to you? No, I mean, I, I think... I think you're underestimating a little bit the difference that an alpha receiver makes. No, right? I, no like, I understand that. I understand. But if if the Green Bay receivers weren't a product of Aaron Rodgers, take a step forward this year and start to look like, you know, borderline. If Christian Watson can be a borderline top 10 guy and Romeo no, Dobbs can look a borderline. Amazing. But borderline top, top 20, 20, top 31. I mean, no, if, but if. If Watson takes another step forward, that's not unreasonable. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, but until he does, yeah. Well, Wilson. then, but that's the level it needs to be for things to start looking pretty close to even. Mm-hmm. I think that's unlikely. So I think it's going to be worse. But how so. much worse? Not enough to wreck your offense. Gosh, it, it can't happen with love again. All right, Jack. Who who do you got? You know who I got. I mean, everyone. If, if you listen to the show more than once, you should know who Jack got. Who yeah, was I got a. Uh, I got my boy KP. You were jacked up. I was jacked up because as a uh, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, we will be as good as Kenny Pickett lets us be. Because I think outside of him, the rest of the the rest of the position players and the defense is a pretty solid team. But again, Kenny Pickett in the second year. I think if he's good and takes a bit of a step up, as I've said, we could be a really good team. And last season I saw a lot of the throws he was making were very slow 
took some time to get to yeah. his targets. The balls were batted down. A little bit inaccurate. He came out against the Bucks. Amazing. And marched on the field on the first drive. His balls had some zip on him. He was throwing on the run. Very accurate. I mean, it was some incredible stuff to see. I mean, yeah, my, in my notes right here, you said literally he, we had the same he didn't throw in, He threw one in completion. He threw one in complete pass. But that was on a play where he got out of a sack, too. He yeah. escaped a sack. I, I wrote down moved well, accurate speed. The speed and on the ball. And that's exactly what you said. He looked... I didn't see really what he did against the Bucks this past week. I don't know he, how much he did look like that the entire all of last season. Even though it was game-winning drives. He had like three throws, at least three that I, I watched. There was one to Deontay Johnson on the right sideline. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. In. There, yes. Then he had the remember the play, there was a play action pass where he had Robinson the flat looked him off and hit Johnson for like a fifteen yard gain, just a bullet again to the yeah. sideline. And the touchdown to Pickens was threaded. If you if you're a Steelers fan and you haven't seen these yet, go watch the touchdown to it, George Pickens was threaded through right no, through the it, middle it was, of the field. It was I was watching this and my my eyes were popping out of my mouth, or like, out of my socket, and my yeah. my mouth is wide open. <laughs> Jack, I got, I got one question for you. How many times last year for the Steelers did you hear 33-yard passing touchdown? I mean, none, bro. I mean, yeah, the, 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 the offense just wasn't doing that, right? Like, no. Again, you can't read too much into preseason. I get it. But you can tell how offenses look. And Matt Canada clearly felt some of the pressure on his job last year. And is coming back with an offense that just looks alive. I right? The running game's good. <laughs> yeah, it gets it, fast. And again, like it, it's week one of the preseason. But it was an incredible thing. Well, that's to say. just great about football, though. It, yeah, I saw a comment it was an incredible on, thing on to YouTube, say. and this this made me laugh hysteric, hysterically. So he said, "Wait, we threw it past the line to gain on third and ten. Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. I mean, I remember talking about that all last <laughs> yeah. year. It was, yeah, a little third dump and ten. Off it comes a four yeah. yard dump off, fourth and six, or punting. And well, it was against no, a it, lot of backups too for the Bucks, right? Like I thought there were. Yeah, basically people. none of the starters played. But that's again, that's not, not the that's, point. The point is just how the offense looks. That's but that's how they should look against the Bucks backups. It would be one thing if he came out. Yeah, but and he just stunk it up. No, he came out yeah. and and for the most part torched them. Yeah, shredded right yeah. down the and but good throws too. The, the the what I really took away mainly was how accurate he was. And the zip on the balls as opposed no, to no, last this year. wasn't like this wasn't like, like people running wide open and picket fu- no, no, no. them. He had zip, yes, which we didn't see last year really much at all. W- one last question on the Steelers I have for you. It looked like Jalen Warren got a lot of carries with the first team. Do you th- like is he someone that you want to see worked in more and let Najee kind of be a, a two I mean, down back more so than I? Three? I like I like Jalen Warren because I think he's. A pretty good uh, running back slash receiver, a little bit, pace guy. a little more explosive than Najee. Najee's more of of that bruiser who will who will will get four or five hard fought yards. Warren can't really do that, but Warren can go and catch a screen and run for twelve yards. So I I, I do kind of yeah. like the, the the mix, but no, I I yeah. prefer Najee to be on the field more than oh eighty yeah, yeah, yeah. percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to hear my crazy know. take this year, please? There have been reports that the Steelers have been unhappy with Najee Harris. His level of play, teammates are starting to get a little bit fed up. I truly believe the Steelers are going to be a committee running back team this year. I think it'll be closer. I like eighty percent. I know Steelers fans will want an eighty percent touch share for Najee or something or seventy. It could be closer to like sixty-five, sixty. I mean, would I hate that? No, no, and you want to keep Najee fresh. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that. But fantasy wise, and again, we'll have a fantasy show later this week. I am a little hesitant to take Najee Harris, especially where he's going in the second, perhaps early, early third. But that that's if he falls. Uh, okay, let's let's head over to you, Ziggy. 
Who are you looking at in preseason week one? Who are you most excited for? For me, I've I've stuck my neck out for this player quite a few times oh, in terms geez. of performance on okay, the show. Okay, great clarification. Yeah, no, it's I want to see what Deshaun Watson does <laughs> this year because he was terrible last year. People and and frankly, the hopes of the entire Browns team rests on it. Right. The fact is he was terrible last year. The team didn't look good. And you had to wonder, like, are we ever going to see the top five quarterback Deshaun Watson again? And in preseason, you know, I predicted that we might. Preseason has made the answer a definitive maybe. <laughs> now, look, I, I get that that's not what you want to hear, right? No, but what was the biggest right there? <laughs> what was the biggest? No, sports media is saying yes and then yelling really loud when people contradict <laughs> you. No, like what was the biggest problem with Deshaun Watson last year? Answer. He looked completely lifeless on the field, right? He His scrambles made no sense. He couldn't run anywhere. His passes looked flat. And in preseason this year, things looked a little bit different, right? They queued up designed quarterback runs. Looked a little looser. Yeah, he looked loose. Okay, thanks, Paul. I'm, I'm sorry. Great. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's not not a joking matter, Paul. Not a joking. I just got it. I just got it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Deshaun Watson is a piece of shit. Setting that aside, a little more. We talked about football. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, look, the the dude could run. He's his throws looked good. The offense was clicking. You know, they ran in like inside the red zone when it was first and goal. They ran some bizarre plays. Like it looked terrible. Well, yeah, they, but they, apparently they that was intended. There. Yeah, but look, I mean, you're trying things out. You're not showing things in the preseason, but he looked alive. He ran well. And that gives me some confidence that you could see the Deshaun Watson, who was such an explosive player in Houston, return. It wasn't that long ago. In 2020, he threw for 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. So, Oh yeah, I mean he was in the AFC divisional round with a twenty-four point lead. Yeah, yeah, like over Patrick Mahomes. Over yeah, Patrick Mahomes on the road. You're right when you say top five quarterback. There's that level talent there. Um, I actually thought Elijah Moore also looked pretty good in the, in the limited play he had. I yeah. loved how they used him. They yeah, like the, the um, they they ran a bunch of plays in a row in empty set with Elijah Moore doing all sorts of things. Right, he caught he or he got a handoff in the backfield and gained. He'd go in motion. You don't know which side he's going to be on. Like the Browns are committed to using Elijah Moore, and I think they're really going to unlock his potential. Isn't Elijah Moore day to day now? Is he? Is he? It's easy to it's easy to make guys day to day in preseason, right? If this were the regular season, if you're day to day in preseason, you could play in a real game if you have. But they to. need they need another receiving weapon, and if he could come in and and be a you know a good number three, number two, even perhaps. Depending on what Donovan Peoples Jones does, yeah, this I, I'm excited if if I'm a Cleveland fan. Yeah, if, if Watson, I'm oh, not a Watson guy either. I'm not a Watson guy. Oh yeah, let's but, clarify. No one on this podcast is a Deshaun Watson guy. But look, if he can even come back somewhat close to what we've seen him do, now you got Amari Cooper and you got Elijah Moore and you got Peoples Jones and you got Nick Chubb. You got a solid offensive line. That's something to be to be hopeful about. For oh, sure. Oh my gosh! If you get if you get top ten quarterback Watson, this this Browns team, we've said it, they can go to the Super Bowl. I think it's, it's relatively it's really good, decently sized if. But if you can, then I'll. I'll uh, yeah, I thought he looked good too. Ziggy. I'll be nervous. He, he was maneuvering around well. A couple nice scrambles, juked out a couple def- like linebackers. I, I thought he, he looked more similar to Deshaun Watson of old than we've seen at any point in Cleveland. Well, last year the Browns are putting kind of a tough spot. Because you can't install two offenses. Their choices were to put Jacoby Brissett in the Deshaun Watson offense or to put Deshaun Watson in the Jacoby Brissett offense. 
they chose to put Watson, the Jacoby Brissett offense. So now that Stefanski's had an off season, right? He's been able to design an offense that makes more sense. He's got a shiny new toy. You're going to see a little bit more out of him this year. You always, uh, you always have off season hype, but a lot of Cleveland reporters are saying this looks the most like Deshaun Watson that we've had since coming to Cleveland. So We'll see. Uh, it's it's been a good off season for the Browns so far. Keep him healthy, and then we'll see what happens. Zach, is there anyone? If you get to pick one more quarterback for us to talk about, before uh, Zach gives his QB, I'm gonna I gotta I gotta run. Oh, okay, but, uh, okay. <laughs> but it's good stuff. We will I'll, see uh, you finish strong. Finish strong. Finish strong. <laughs> All right. See you. Th- see you Thursday. Uh, Zach, one more. Do you have one more quarterback that we can? Do have? I have one more quarterback? No. You want to know why I'm gonna say no? Because it was going to be Zach Wilson. For some reason, everybody's on Zach Wilson. Oh, let's see how Zach Wilson looks. Why do we care? (laughs) Why do we care how Zach Wilson looks? There's a guy. He plays football in New York. Yeah, but we got a guy above him. Why do we care if he's good or bad anymore? Well, all right, we can. uh, There's one more guy that I would like to bring up with Jack on now, though, and that's uh, that's Russell Wilson because he had a. Look, he played for about a, a full half almost, and then people were shocked. If you threw on the Broncos game, I remember looking all over over Twitter, now X, and uh, and it was just people going like, "Why, why the hell is Russell Wilson still in the game?" Uh, the Broncos weren't really scoring against the Cardinals, and it was their backup defense, so just a disaster. I actually was okay with Sean Payton playing the guys for a full half. He had to, yeah. Like the fact is, after how bad things, after how bad things were last year. You have to just play the guys. They've got to get used to playing football together. Yes, no. So I was completely fine with it. And then when you look at the way Denver starts the regular season, they host the Raiders and the Commanders. Then they're at the Dolphins and at the Bears. They need to be ready. They need to win probably three of those games because right after it, you have a turnaround to the next eight of the next 10 are the Jets, the Chiefs twice, the Bills, the Browns, the Vikings, the Lions, and the Chargers. So those are some tough games that you're talking top. 15 teams in the NFL, one after another, a lot of top 10 teams. Uh, if, if this Denver team isn't ready to go, they could get buried really quickly, really early in this season. So I'm completely okay with Sean Payton rolling the guys out, trying to pick up, get some chemistry going. And it wasn't always pretty. There were a lot of things that made you think back to last year's Broncos team. But every now and then, Wilson made a couple throws. He got to Sutton, got to Judy. You're like, okay, if, if, if this can click, Maybe there could be something there. So I wasn't thrilled with what I saw from Denver. I'm also not going to take the approach that a lot of Broncos fans had, which was like, oh, sky's falling. This is going to be horrible. Um, so the, I'm, I'm okay. If, if I were a Broncos fan, I'm thinking, all right, let's, let, let's see one more week of preseason, hopefully some improvements again. Uh, but relatively a little disappointing. I mean, I thought the star of the show was Ben DiNucci uh, outperforming Jared Stidham. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'll be serious. When you, were watching, so like, yeah, was, you were watching the fourth quarter, third, fourth quarter. <laughs> I, I watched that, but you you listen to me. I watched those games. Oh, no, I know, I know, I know. But, like, look, here's the – I was watching the Cardinals fan – like, the Cardinals broadcaster cast, because for these preseason games, you have to watch a team. There's no, like, neutral coverage. And I remember this stuck out distinctly. They said, you know what? A lot of people were worried about our pass rush. Oh, boy. They were worried about our linebackers. And, you know, there's not a lot of stars, but after watching this – I think things aren't going to be so bad this season. <laughs> and as a sort of objective observer, I felt the opposite. It's like, wait, if this Cardinals defense, which has, I mean, Zayvon Collins might be their best edge rusher. Probably is. And he, he he doesn't even, that's not even his position, right? But like you look at 
all of the changes they're making on defense, necessary changes, right? Besides Buda Baker, there really isn't a lot of talent. There's not a lot of stars. They should not be presenting a deep challenge to Russell Wilson. Their backups really should not be presenting the no, challenge no. to Russell Wilson. And the Broncos offense, I mean, it was good, but you compare it to Kenny Pickett, he obliterated the Bucks' defensive starters or defensive backups, excuse me, right? Once they turned that second team, it was another team where those defense isn't expected to be so good. He looked very good against them. That's what you wanted to see. And the fact that the Broncos offense didn't look good against the Cardinals' second and third string defense, I think that should be really worrying to Cardinals fans. Up, yes, the, the fourth drive they were in the game when they finally scored the touchdown, I thought that was the best drive that the Broncos had. But, you know, First one, three and out. Second one, there was a big sack. Third one, you know, talking tip passes and um, a lot of pressure on Wilson. That, so, and especially when you look up at the scoreboard, the Broncos kicker missed missed two field goals. So when you just see that zero next to Denver and Wilson still in the game late into the second quarter, that's that's when Broncos fans are going, "What the hell's going on here?" They should have scored a couple times, but no. I, yeah, so I would say disappointing, lightly worrying, but nothing like I'm not gonna freak out yet. I think that's that's a fair way to look at it. But still, yeah, you, you would like to go in there and bully the, the second stringers on the worst team in football. So uh, there is some cause for concern. All right, well, that's, uh, that's about all that we have for, the, for this episode. Um, I did want to just say Sam Howell played pretty well in Washington in that, in that Browns game. We'll get to talk a little bit more about some of those guys next week. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have, uh, we'll have a, a lot, probably a little longer episode where we go over preseason week two next week. Uh, and then the Thursday edition will be a fantasy preview. We have, at least uh, back here in New Jersey, we have one of our fantasy leagues going for Zach, Jack, and I, our high school friend group. Uh, I always go to Ziggy during the draft. I'm always texting him little things like, all right, what do you think? Do I uh, do I go Cam Akers here in the third round? And, and I mean, I, I built fantasy models for this year. I've, <laughs> I've got the numbers. Ziggy, have you asked Paul how he's done every year since ever since asking you? Oh, well, I, I mean, what? Yeah, oh, hold on, hold on a second. This, it's not like I'm texting Ziggy, like, make the pick. I'm just, I, I just will say, like, hey, if I'm between these two guys, what's your opinion? Yeah, obviously, Ziggy's been giving you the wrong opinion every year. Well, I, I, dude, I Z- think I've... Paul's been doing this league for what? Oh, we've been in the league since, like, oof, man, six, seven years, yeah. eight years. How many wins do you have? Look, look. I've been in the league... You mean maybe, no, no, no. Since, maybe, since, we go, since we've been maybe twelve teams, five. since we've been no, shut maybe up. five we, years, and I already have a W under teams, my belt. Since we've been twelve teams, we have been in at least. I get this is probably year ten. Actually, this is year ten. No, it's year. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is right. What are you talking about? Five years. It's yeah. I started five years ago. No way, man. I was in college. You were in high school in this. I missed a year of high school. I right, miss you two right, years. All right, all right, we could we could do this. Another Just to let time. you know, Ziggy, though, I have a win over my belt, and Paul has no. I have none. I have none. All I have is a bunch of playoff appearances with nothing. And I've been to the 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 champ a little more than Paul has. All right, so. all right, all right. Relax, Just putting relax, that out there. Relax. So when so when we make this uh we make this uh fantasy <laughs> show, you listen to me and don't listen to uh. I'll get you consistently to Paul. the playoffs, and then you just have to nail one of your first three picks. That's that's all you need if you listen to my advice. So we'll be doing a fantasy show. That'll be exciting. It's always fun this time of year to get into that stuff. Uh, not sure exactly what the format will be yet, but probably be uh, some rankings of the quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers, and then maybe a couple rounds one through four, round one through three players to look at before sleepers. sleepers. Yeah, I know you're a big sleepers guy, so we'll probably do that too. A little bit of everything. Till uh, till next time, Paul Farrington, Robert Ziggy Ziegler, Zach Bloomquist, Jack, uh, who will be back on Thursday. We will. Are you, see are you, you. kidding me? What I say. 
Do you see it? You can't. Do you see how long Zach cut to me there? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, I, got, I got like maybe five frames. I got yeah, yeah, maybe well, five uh, frames. Oh, Paul went, uh, Robbie, <laughs> Zach. What would you, what would you, what would you, what would you, so now, real quick, Here, Ziggy, real quick here you before go. we okay, go. Actually, no, let's see you do the outro. Go ahead, Ziggy. Oh, do go the ahead, outro. Ziggy. No, there's. Go do the outro for us. Go ahead. You wanted your time. No, no, Come no, on, no. You want your time. The outro is Paul's job. The outro is. I'm just trying to make sure uh-huh, everyone does uh-huh. their job. You see this guy? Look. Oh so God. we finally got it so that Ziggy can see the production. Jack and I can't see the production while the show is live. That's why during Richardson highlights, it's kind of tough for us sometimes to follow along because we have no idea what plays on the screen. We'll have to work on that. But Ziggy now on Zoom can see what you're seeing on YouTube. So finally, there's someone who can watch over Zach as he's doing his work. And oh, Zach I, I made guess... some egregious editing choices this time <laughs> around. I'm, I'm prepared to send him a, uh, an evaluation. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, perfect. like his five seconds that he – sorry, five frames that I mean, he got. He's a teacher. He, he grades people. That's what he does. He's, yeah. a, he's a professional yeah, grader. And I've graded Ziggy too when he couldn't <laughs> stay inside the, fuck, the, the, the frame oh, box. All right, all right, all right. We, we've been told we, we were cursing a little more, and that was like, no, it's actually just Zach has some more airtime. <laughs> right. We're going to well, get demonetized. We will see you next Maybe. time on the Paul yeah. Barrington yeah. Show. Thanks for listening. See ya.